Logical Progression, Year 1, Lesson 27. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa la aqibati lil-muttaqin wa la udbana illa lal-zalimeen. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barakla nabiyyana Muhammad. Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Allahumma sahla illa ma ja'altahu sahla. Wa anta tajul al-hazna idha shi'ta sahla. Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husna ibadatika ya Rabbil Kareem. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. It's good to see you guys again. Uh, we It's a sad day, as I just put on, as I just announced, it's a sad day because it's the last day, maybe in our lives, that we will ever cover the fiqh of the toilet, the art of the dump, the, the, honestly, what a, what a, what a chapter it's been. SubhanAllah, I enjoyed it so much. So it's hard. We will be leaving it within a few minutes. But also we have good news, alhamdulillah. We will be starting the chapter of wuzu. So all the packs should be very happy about that. We're also very, very happy because of the return of our Sheikh, Sheikh, Sheikh Abdul Ghaffar, a Somali from sunning himself on the beach, mashallah. Sheikh, tell us, uh, how was it? Uh, was it nice? Yeah. Okay. I will send you the YouTube. Sheikh, we didn't tell anyone where you were. Honestly, just 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 this this little group. No, no one knew really, to be honest. All right, let's knock this out, then, folks. Okay, so we did. We nearly finished it. We're on the last page, page six of our notes. It is a condition to wipe three or more times, each time removing the filth, even by using a stone with three corners. It is a sunnah to stop on an odd number. And now is the part. It is obligatory to remove filth for everything that exits, except for wind. It is not valid to make ablution or tayammum before removing the uh, filth. So... This, these last two sentences are the ones which are remaining. So let's knock those out, inshallah. Pretty, pretty straightforward stuff. This means we're on page 139 in the commentary. So, uh, Sheikh, he starts off, he says, so this uh, statement actually is finally, he's kind of indicating that this has finally come to the point where we're now going to establish the ruling on Istinja, actually as a ruling. That it is something which is obligatory, wayajib. Now, what is the um, what is being made obligatory? Istinja with water, or istijmar with what? Or what is actually being made obligatory? Both, yes, or any or. So we know already that when we say istinja, we're referring to istijmar as well. So whether one uses stones, whether they uses water, whether they use both, whether they use tissue, all of this will be acceptable. But it has to be with the intention of istinja, with the intention of not just uh, you know passing water over it, but actually actually cleaning the area. Okay, cleaning the area. The evidence uh, for the obligatory nature, okay, <coughs> of making a, a, a istinja, or and I think here it it serves us for us to go back to the linguistic meaning of istinja. If you remember all those weeks ago, that we said that istinja is to seek the cleanliness by the removal of anything which is there from dirt. So, therefore, 
anything which is filthy, anything which causes filth, anything which is by itself najas or it by it coming out causes an, a state of najasa. All right, in the in the in the two uh, passages, the front and the back, removing that and cleaning the area, whether by water or the by tissue or by stone, this is called istinja in general. Okay, so. Um, the obligatory nature for it being obligatory for everything that comes out, as the uh, the text says, except for passing wind, the uh, the evidence is the hadith in uh, Bukhari, where the Prophet sallam he commanded Sayyidina Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu to wash his penis after he after madhi uh, um, um, after madhi had come out now. Madhi, um, there are two things which come out um, during um, intercourse or during sexual excitement, and that is semen, of course, which we know. But then before that, there's a precursor. There's a precursor called, some people call it prostatic fluid because there's some involvement. I'm not yani, uh, well up into the, the medical nature of this. Um, I. I've always had something in my heart against calling madhi prostatic fluid because I think prostatic fluid has its own very defined kind of time when it comes out and it's not necessarily um, it's not necessarily uh, a, a unique kind of uh, uh, event unless there's some kind of problem and if I'm right if I'm right for the doctors in the house Wazafar is around and she's uh, that a prostatic fluid is a component of semen right so a part of actual semen itself so 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 it wouldn't be right to suggest that prostatic fluid in of itself would come out every time before semen or is that not a necessary not a necessary relationship so i mean um the reason why it doesn't really matter whether we get caught up with what it is in terms of its medical name is because we will, in the right section, cover that in detail. The rulings concerning al-wadi and al-mani and al-madi, which are the three key liquids which come out, these all have very specific rulings. Um, what is the nature of the, the physical nature when they come out? What's their color, thickness? What's their, uh, are they opaque, transparent? Is there a feeling of pleasure when they come out or not? Does the ruling, when it comes out, necessitate a ghusl, the Islamic ghusl, or not? Or does it just necessitate cleansing of the area? These are the interesting uh, rulings, which will be a very detailed uh, uh, discussion and chapter. It's enough for you to know that madhi is something in which there's a scholarly consensus over that it is a najas substance. And you should know that sperm, just so that you know for the future, is interestingly not a najas substance. It is a pure substance, okay? Which is what makes it interesting, because they are similar. Well, they're not that similar, because... Uh, a sperm is white, thick, whereas madhi by the ulama is always thin, very thin, and it is whitish, slightly cloudy, um, um, but its general color is actually, uh, uh, its, its basic uh, color is colorless, but it can get a little bit misty and so on. But the main thing is that it's thin, and the main thing is that there is no feeling of sexual delight or anything when it comes out. So anyway, anyway we, we, we'll come to that much, much, much later in detail. But the point is, is that when Sayyidina Ali ibn Ta'ala went to the Prophet ﷺ to complain uh, or to, to, to inform him that this is what's happened, that Madhi has come out, 
the Prophet ﷺ then commanded him to wash himself. Not make a ghusl, but wash his private parts. Why? Why? Because it's najis. Okay? Because it cannot remain there. Because it is najis. It's not possible for him to pray whilst it's there. Also, we have the hadith of Salman al-Farsi that the Prophet ﷺ, he said, commanded us that we do not amarana commanded us that we do not make istinja except with at least three stones so this is just referring to istinja in general the focus point for us is the word amarana he commanded us so if he's commanding us to use three stones it's not possible to think that the actual thing itself is not commanded do you know what i'm saying yeah if the prophet is commanding three stones it must mean that the istinja itself is commanding or being commanded so therefore an order indicates obligation as we know the next thing we should talk about is um uh, the statement everything which comes out okay so this is everything which comes out from the from the front and from the anal passage now what is exempted from that is is a rih is the technical term for uh for wind or gas or whatever they call it i don't know okay passing wind and the reason that this is an exception is because it's nothing but air or it's nothing but gas. It doesn't have an, an ether. It doesn't really... Uh, uh, you know the word ether? The word ether, of course, is, has many, many meanings. Ether is the narration of a companion. Ether can be the narration of a prophet, But the ether is what is left behind. When you see a footsteps, these are the athar of the person. Okay? And antiquities are called athar. So anything which is prehistoric and fossils and so on and so forth, because they are proof of something that came before. So that's the point of ather. So ather means a trace. So we see traces as a traces of blood, which indicates a murder, or traces of food and crumbs indicate, yani that you know someone's been eating something, etc., etc., etc. So the ather here is being used in its technical sense. That if it was a, uh, if someone has gone to the toilet, then there are ather of najasa. On his private parts, yeah, there are traces of dirt, whereas wind doesn't leave, leave doesn't leave any athar or athar. For that reason, this is the why why the scholars do not obligate the istinja, uh, uh, the cleaning process for passing uh, wind. Okay, um, and this is regardless. He said this is regardless of whether there's sounds or not or um, or anything because the gas itself or the air itself is pure even if the smell itself is disgusting khabitha some of the scholars said um, that you uh, some scholars did mention and Sheikh gives reference to it in in the book humbly commentary book al insan <coughs> that because the because the smell is so uh, is so disgusting then the gas itself is najis in of itself but we don't have something like that. We don't have a concept that gas can be najis. Alright? And this is an important lesson just generally because something might be disgusting but if it doesn't leave an effect, doesn't settle, doesn't have a physical reality to it, then we can't give it that the nature of najis. Is that cool, folks? Yeah. Um, and he goes that, he goes that, um, uh, uh, Sheikh said, obviously if one passes wind and in the process of a, for he defecates or there's some, or, or not even defecates, if he feels wetness, then this is now not an issue of passing wind. This is now an issue of something else has come out alongside the wind. And any istinja would be done or any cleansing process would be done because of what else has come out. Not necessarily the, um, 
not necessarily the issue of the of the of the passing of wind. Okay. Also, the Sheikh says that the other exemption which has not been mentioned by our author is sperm, al-mani, all right, or uh, not sperm, I should say semen, right? Sperm is not correct. Sperm doesn't come out, does it? In, in, in semen. Sorry, I should say semen. Yeah. So uh, uh, semen is the other uh, exemption. Now, uh, because um, the reason that and and what what the sheikh wants to say, and don't open up a question asking frenzy on this because this is not the section. All right, we're going to come to this in detail. But the, what the sheikh wants to say is that um, the ruling is based upon things which come out which are najis. So if something comes out and it is pure, it is pure, then one does not one is not obligated to do. Um, one is not obligated to make istinja. So, for example, for example, if there was a, a semen that would come out, it would be theoretically possible just to let it dry and scratch it off, for example, which would neither be istijmar and it would neither be istinja. It could also be possible that you jump into the shower with no intention of any kind of, you know, cleansing of the private parts process and just as part and pro- you know of having a wash with no really even intention of having a ghusl. No intention of making istinja, no intention of making wudu. It might be a case, and this is going to become very important when we come to this section um, over the next few weeks or maybe a few months, obviously, with the Ramadan break. That a lot of people will, will, will start to realize how important it is to treat wudu and a ghusl as an act of worship. Because at the moment, a lot of people will fall into the trap of just going onto autopilot as soon as they jump into the bathroom. So for example, you might have been running around and you're sweaty, you want to have a shower. And so your mind only thinks, I'm smelly, I need to get into the shower to clean, to cleanse myself. This is not an Islamic intention. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Because if you remember back when we started this entire chapter with water and everything, I remember, I think I told you that this is not necessarily about cleaning. This is not necessarily about cleaning yourself the best way because we could use... Uh, soaps and detergents and you know all kinds of things to do a better job in clean, in cleaning from a from a from a scientific point of view. This is a more spiritual process. This is a process where you're actually involved and you're thinking that I'm doing this for the sake of Allah to get myself ready to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not a case of I want to smell the best or I want to use this the best. Does that make sense? All these kind of number of matters and issues and so on and so forth. Anyway so those uh, so that's what the Sheikh says. He goes that um, as for watahir la yajibu al istinja'u anything which comes out which is pure, one does not need to make istinja for. The uh, the final uh, uh, part it was no problem though, right? It was working a wireless without any issue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The um, the final uh, Sheikh also gives another uh, exemption. And he goes this is interesting exemption. He goes, Will you stuff Something which comes out of the passage or both passages, obviously, it's going to be the back passage. Actually, not obvious. Not obviously. Kidney stones, I guess, is the obvious example. But something which comes out which is so dry, okay, it's so dry that it doesn't cause any talawuth. It doesn't actually. Talawath is an important word in the chapter of purification because it means, um, Talawath means to sully, to soil. Yeah, that's what the, the, the verb means. Lawatha. Yeah? 
فتلوث means the soil so he goes it's possible فإذا خرج شيء لا يلوث ليبوسته فلا يستنجى له لأن المقصود من الاستنجاء الطهارة وهنا لا حاجة إلى ذلك so he goes like listen استنجاء is to purify an area so if something comes out and doesn't cause an impurity what are you doing استنجاء for do you understand the point there so he goes so for example if something crazy came out uh, like a stone right do you need to make istinja? The answer, if the stone in the process of coming out doesn't cause any other, you know, comes out clean. Is that possible, by the way? Is it possible? Not possible. For a stone to come out and miss the, the entire yani. I don't even know if that's possible. But anyway, he said, yani, he goes that if it causes talawwuth, wajab al-istinja. If it causes some soiling, some sullying, some dirtying of the area, istinja becomes obligatory. And but if it doesn't, if that came out and it doesn't, then it doesn't. You don't know, you don't need to make istinja. A kidney stone doesn't does it always have to come out with urine if you're forced to take it out? <laughs> no, no. What's the other liquids that could come out other than urine? Prostatic fluid, renal fluid? Not possible. Not possible. Right. I don't know. So I guess it's more a theoretical question than anything else. Yeah? It's more theoretical. I mean, you know that if you're gonna if you're gonna dump a stone, you're gonna have a bath anyway, aren't you, right? You're gonna be freaked out, right? So it doesn't really matter what you what you're gonna do. Yeah? We're talking about the ruling here, isn't it? We're talking about the fiqh, yeah, and the Islamic yeah, and the obligation. Because it might be you're at work and, and you, you know, you dump out a stone and you're, you're stuck. <laughs> and you don't have enough water, you don't have the tissue paper. Do you have to have to make wudu? That one day it might come in useful, Yara. One day it might come in useful. You laugh, but I tell you what. Right. Okay, so that's the end of that, inshallah. So then the last statement then is, and it is not valid to make ablution or tayammum before removing the tayammum. Yani, what he's trying to say, what he's trying to say, the, the, the mu'allif, as Shaykh Thameen is saying, he goes that for the that for the uh, validity of wudu, for the validity of wudu and tayammum, there must have been istinja or istijmar, if th- those areas are dirty. It's not possible for someone to enter into prayer or to, or to hajj or to whatever, act of ibadah, okay, that he needs the wudu for, and he has dirty private parts and that he doesn't do that first. In common, in common currency, what we're talking about is a person who might, you know, have gone to the toilet and instead of washing himself, he makes wudu first, then he comes back and he washes himself afterwards. That's basically the mas'ala. Alright, is that clear? Now, you would have thought that's pretty straightforward. I don't think there's anyone here who could imagine that that... that I think everyone knows as a basic Muslim that they come in order. Would you agree? Would that, would, would, would that be fair? The interesting part, of course, is that there is a discussion amongst the scholars in this matter. And the reason for that is because... And it's very interesting, actually, because of the variant readings of a, of a number of a hadith. So let's look at these. Um, what's the evidence for the order, like we all know and we all do, and the Hamblis are stating? The evidence is the action of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Okay, he uh, and and uh, uh, reference number one is given, and that is the hadith of Anas in Bukhari, because uh, which we've covered already. 
What was that? That you know, Anas he would carry that little uh, a beaker or a little container of water, and he would take and he would accompany the Prophet ﷺ, and he would go and make istinja. We covered this hadith a number of times. Yeah. And what was the wording of that hadith? Can Rasulullah he would enter the area to go to the toilet. I would I and another boy would carry the beaker or whatever of the of water, and he would then make the istinja using the water. Uh, so he goes that there will be two parts there. There would be the water that will be used for the for the uh, istinja, and then the water the jug, if you like, or pouring thing that will be used for the uh, wudu. So both of them would, would when they would go out as a group, right? The Prophet and the boy and Anas they'd be carrying these two these two things. One for the water for istinja, one for the water for the wudu. And whenever they would go out, he would make his istinja first. Then he would use the water for the wudu. That's the point from the the uh, 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 evidences. He would make istinja, and if he would make istinja, then he would make wudu. And if he would make wudu, then he would go and pray. And Ibn Hajar al-Sqalani, in commentary to this hadith, he said, Yani of all the opinions is very clear what this hadith is indicating that uh, and this is also of course the indication of Bukhari, of Bukhari himself he also indicated from this hadith the proof that one by the action of the Prophet and here's the controversial point that you have to make istijmar, uh, istinja before wudu for it to be valid here's the point the, is it possible to say that just an action of the Prophet indicates obligation just an action, nothing else. Is that possible? Sheikh says, Ar-Rajih, the strongest opinion according to the, the people of knowledge, is that that just an action in of itself, even by the Prophet does not indicate obligation. Okay, this is an important qaida fiqiyya. Alright, that it just an action of the Prophet just him doing an action, does not intrinsically indicate obligation. Alright? So, The only time do we indicate obligation is if a statement uh, 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 makes it so, a clear text, a nas, yes, a Quran or Sunnah text which indicates it without any, uh, without any uh, uh, ambiguity. It clears it, it makes it uh, clear. The correct position is that an action in of itself, it indicates al-istihbab. Istihbab meaning recommendation only. Okay? That's what an action indicates in of itself. And, and it can only be raised to the status of obligation by supporting evidences. You have to use other statements and so on. And that's what the Hanbali Fuqaha did. The Hanbali Fuqaha... They They did exactly that. They found the statement that supported the action, therefore combined, makes it an obligation. What was that statement? It was a statement of the Prophet ﷺ to say, Ali ibn Abi Talib in the hadith we just covered a minute ago. This hadith which I told you about, the washing of the penis of from Al-Madhi, is on page 139 in the commentary, and it is narrated by Bukhari as I mentioned. It's reference number two. Now here, what did he say to him? In this narration, he said to him, He commanded him to wash his penis and then make wudu. Okay, now 
In the Arabic, it's يَغْسِلُ ذَكَرَهُ وَيَتَوَضَّى To wash his private parts and and In English, what do we say after and? Then But that's not there in Arabic, right? We, we add and then But wa The letter wa Wa only means and Alright? In principle But when we speak when we read a sentence in Arabic, we add that then because we add tartib. Like, you know, when uh, the word and in English, it obviously it combines two, I know there's some grammatical term for it, combines, combines two what? Two injunctions? Conjunctions? Two conjunctions. Bro, there's no conjunctions in long side, bro. Don't be busting on conjunctions again. It combines two things. Is it, yeah? Yeah, that's street grammar that is right there. The, there's two things, I don't know what they would combine. But the point is, is that this is, it either combines things or it indicates order. And this, and then that, and then that. But in English, we put then in to indicate that. But that in Arabic, the woe itself can indicate it. So this is the point of controversy. Was, is it here indicating that he washes private parts and then he makes wudu? Well, the word and there is there in the, in the narration of Bukhari. And the ulama, the Hanbalis, they said, they said that the washing of the private parts was clearly put before. And whatever comes before, that is the asal. Whatever, is, whatever comes before, wal aslu anna ma quddima fahuwa asbaq. He goes that whatever comes first is first. Whatever comes first is first. He goes, the proof of this principle is a statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he says in Surah Al-Baqarah إِنَّ الصَّفَى وَالْمَرْوَةَ مِنْ شَعَائِرِ اللَّهِ Indeed, Safa and Marwa are from the Sha'air, from the signs of Allah. Yeah, from the signs of Allah. Okay? Safa, Marwa. And Safa is where you start when you do your Sa'i. And Marwa is where you end. Even though if we didn't know this from the Sunnah of the Prophet we would be able to indicate that from the Quran, because the what has been given previously or the, in the in the sentence uh, with and then added with the well, this would indicate the thingy. Allahu and then he said, "I begin with what Allah has has begun with, meaning a safa." So he actually said that, "I begin with what Allah has begun with." What did Allah begin with in the Quran? In the, in the ayah. As-Safa. What did he do in his say? He started with As-Safa. So it shows that in a sentence, the first thing which is mentioned should be the first thing in order. Here's the problem, Sheikh says. Muslim, it has been contradicted by this narration in Bukhari. Because in the narration of Muslim, it says, It says, it says in the narration of Muslim that he said to Ali ibn Abi Talib, Make wudu and uh, uh, sprinkle. Sprinkle? Yeah, I need sprinkle uh, water uh, uh, on your private parts. Yeah, I need clean it, but don't have to wash it hardcore. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, uh, sprinkle some water. The word wa is mentioned there again. Alright? Now, if we're going to say that the principle for wa is tartib, is order, then in this narration... Okay, it says make wudu first and then sprinkle the water uh, on it. If we assume that every time wo is used, wo means tartib. 
So that's that's the that's the that's the the uh, uh, that's the problem. Sheikh Tamim says the riwayah of Bukhari has put them one way round. The riwayah of Muslim has put them the other way round. He goes, obviously. Now here's another important principle. I think I've talked about it before. Essential principle that I talk about in the hadith classes that I do with on the weekends. But here to you, you need to know this better than everyone else. Ahl Sunnati wal Jama'ah, we have a methodology. We never go and start making hadith weak unless we have to. Meaning to look at a hadith to say this is weak or whatever or trying to deny one or something like that. Which is the methodology of liberals, modernists and so on and so forth. What we go to is al-jama' reconciliation. That's the methodology of Ahlul Sunnah. Always trying to reconcile. Yani killing ourselves, but we will reconcile. Whatever happens. And if we can't reconcile, the problem is with us and not with the texts themselves. Especially when one's in Sahih Muslim and the hadith is, is, is clear as the day in terms of authenticity and the other one is narrated in Bukhari where it's an insult even to question yani, the chain when something is in Bukhari. So we know that the men are clean, the isnad is clean, the matan is clear. So we know that we are not understanding the issue correctly. And, and to this point, one of the most famous statements that comes to mind is a statement of uh, Imam Ibn Khuzayma. Radiallahu ta'ala rahimahullah, one of the big imams and nuqad, yani big imams in Jarh wa Ta'deel. And he, of course, he has his book, the Sahih ibn Khuzayma, hadith, a book of hadith as well. And um, his statement was, it's a very famous statement. He goes, you, he goes, I don't accept with this contradiction. You bring me any authentic two hadith and I will make jama'ah. I will reconcile between them both. And this is our response to all of the attacks and the ignorance of modernists who, uh, because of their ignorance and their lack of, of, of depth and their lack of understanding of Islamic sciences, etc., etc., do not have the ability to be able to understand that actually the Islamic fiqh has a huge amount of uh, space with which to operate in its legal uh, capacity. And so we don't have to restrict ourselves to problematic scenarios all the time. So what is the jama'ah? Anyone? What is the jama'ah? The jama' here is that the woe doesn't necessarily have to indicate tartib. That the woe in the Arabic here, the and, doesn't have to necessitate order. It can just be what we call for al, uh, to combine things. Al jama' al mutlaq, as we say, which is just com- combining facts. So, like I would say, uh, what do you need to do? You need to make wudu and you need to make, uh, uh, you need to wash your private parts. So, if I say that statement, you need to make wudu. And you need to make thingy. Am I? Uh, you need to make wudu. And you need to wash your private parts. And another time, I say you need to wash your private parts. And you need to make wudu. I is that is that okay? You happy with that? If I say that, I'm using this in Arabic. It would be the same. In Arabic, it's the same statement, but I've translated it a different way in English. Have you noticed? Because if I if I it says if this is uh, if we read the Arabic, okay. Uh, uh, no, no, we use the uh, the Arabic. By the way, in the Arabic text of Sharh Mumta', I think that's a mistake in the hadith. Unless someone could do a tahqiq of the nas in Bukhari, I don't think it's yaghsulu. Okay? It should be yaghsilu. Alright? I think. This is what I know, but we, we, you need to check that. But but I think there's a, at the bottom of 141. Um, so, Yani It says there in Arabic, يَغْسِلُ ذَكَرَهُ وَيَتَوَضَّى 
I can either translate that as wash his private parts and then make wudu, or I could say wash the private parts and make wudu. And that could mean that I'm just stating the two things. Is that clear? So this is an important uh, uh, lesson that you've learned. That a person will sometimes un- uh, change the grammatical understanding of the well to suit the scenario. And is that, is that cheating? No, because we know that the well itself contains all of that. We, what else does a well have? What other power does a well have? Anyone? So we've seen two, right? One to combine things, as in the normal and, 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 and. Second, well, well, in the sense that well is showing order. Say it again. To initiate a sentence, what would that be then? What's that use? That's the one I was looking for. Well is used in a qasr. Wallahi. You can either say tallahi and billahi. This well ta'ba is used in the same way. So well, we're not cheating here. The letter the, 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 the letter well has many, many functions in the Arabic language. The skill of the scholars is to work out what is being indicated. And this is the point. This is our response to the people of ignorance. They don't know the Quran. Most of the people never open the Quran read even like a page in their lives. When they make all these statements and clarity and uh, making statements about deen and whatever, you'll notice that that we learn our religion by going back to Quran. When we study the Quran and we see different uses of the woe, it creates for us principles. So we say the Quran shows us that there's like five, ten different woes to be used. So that's now in our armory. That's what the scholar ha- now has as principles, and then he will apply those as of and when necessary. Is that clear? Now, what's interesting, I'll tell you what makes this, this even more interesting. There is actually another narration that's collected by Imam al Nasai, which it says in the Arabic, Now, that's a problem because there's no blagging that one. In the Arabic, that says, and then he washes his private parts and then. He should make wudu. Thumma is clearly and then. You can't blame that. Okay? So what we're going to do about this narration? What we're, how are we going to make jama'ah now? We've done all the jama'ah between Muslim and Bukhari. How are we going to make the jama'ah here? Sheikh says this is very clear in order. But Imam Al-Hafid ibn Hajar al-Sqalani rahimahullah, he said that this narration is well known to be munqati'ah. Munqati'atun mun, has qata'ah. Mean there's a break in the chain. When a hadith is munqati'ah, it means that there's a narrator missing somewhere. So what's happened is that one narrator has missed out an entire generation, just quoted the next generation. He's just basically, you know, connected the two without naming the person who told him. Now we know in the hadith sciences, when you study mustalah al-hadith, the science of hadith, every incidence of al-inqita'ah, yudha'af al-hadith. It makes a hadith dhaif. And we know as well that weak hadith are not admissible um, uh, intrinsically into matters of law. And of course, if we see such an obvious weakness in a hadith, we're not going to let it disturb us when we're trying to, you know, build a case here. So when someone busts this one, we'll say, mate, bring a, bring a, bring a different one instead. So, as Sheikh Uthameen says, فَلَا biha. But, even because of this narration, we have a position in the fuqaha where there shows some ease. And this is the surprising part. For this reason, we have two narrations from Imam Ahmed ibn Hanbal with respect to this scenario, with respect to this actual incident, or this mas'ala. What is the uh, two narrations? And they're both narrated in, in Al-Insaf. The first position is Actually, it is valid for a person 
who needs to clean his private parts to actually make wudu and tayammum before he does istinja. This is the first narration that is taken from him. And the second one, annahu la yasuh. And that's the madhab. It's not acceptable. And that's what we just studied now. And that is the position of the Hanbali madhab. Meaning that the madhab itself has accepted this as its preponderant and correct and official position. Here's the interesting part as well. Actually, the first position was chosen by Ibn Qudama al-Maqdisi, who is the giant of the Hanbali Madhab and the author of Al-Mughni and so on and so forth. He actually chose the first riwayah and that's the one that he rules by. Who else? Also, Al-Majd. Who's Al-Majd? Who's Al-Majd? Anyone know who Al-Majd is when we say Al-Majd? Al-Majd is Ibn Taymiyyah. Al-Majd Ibn Taymiyyah. Who is Al-Majd Ibn Taymiyyah? He is the grandfather of Shaykh al-Islam Ibn Taymiyyah. He is an authority in Hanbali fiqh. He is called Al-Majd, Al-Jad Ibn Taymiyyah. So he was also Ibn Taymiyyah, but he is Al-Majd. It's very important to differentiate between the two because even though Ibn Taymiyyah himself is a specialist in Hanbali fiqh, but his, his area is all over the, all over the, the schools. Whereas Majd was much more the specialist in the Hanbali fiqh and authority, very, very respected. And he's known as Al-Majd, the grandfather, Ibn Taymiyyah. So, and in conclusion, what does Sheikh Uthaymin say? He goes, I want to conclude by saying that this uh, 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 discussion of a hadith proves that the film is si'ah. That we want to we wanna say that there's some ease in this matter. So let's not confuse the people. We tell them very clearly you need to make istinja, istijmar, whatever, and then make wudu tayammum. But if a person came to you and said, Subhanallah, Shaykh, I just prayed, I made wudu, I just prayed, and then I forgot to make uh, tayammum, I forgot to do, uh, I forgot to make istinja, or I did wudu and then I did istinja afterwards, um, uh, and then I prayed. Do I need to now repeat my wudu again and repeat my salah again and everything? The Shaykh Uthameen said that you wouldn't say that to the person. You would say, don't worry, it's okay. Make sure next time you just do istinja beforehand. Which is a very interesting statement. Because he's not condemning it completely, but clearly condemning it by saying that he doesn't want it to happen next time. But because there's a khilaf, then he's showing some ease. And subhanAllah, he mentioned this in a very offhand way at the end of this chapter. Uh, but I want to say to you, this is such a valuable statement, subhanAllah. Valuable, valuable statement for Muslims that are in difficult scenarios in the West and so on, where sometimes you know they might be in a, in a position where they might not want to, uh, they might not have the ability to do their chosen fiqh position or their opinion, but they're stuck by the circumstances. And sometimes, if there's good evidence, good scholars behind something, and there is some position there, then maybe they might be. We won't, we won't promote it because we don't want to promote this kind of system where we want people to do this one day and that the other day. There'd be, be chaos. But for example, if a person was forced into a scenario. And there is some space there, then we'll say there's no need to repeat your action or your prayer or whatever because Al-Amr fi Si'a, because the, uh, the issue is wide and is some, some ease there because the evidences are, are not conclusive in one area only. There's a little bit to support. That's the end of that entire chapter. So let's have a little, uh, a few questions and this and that. Yeah. Wasn't, uh, uh, I can't remember now we're going to I didn't have a problem with this. Yes, he did. Specifically for him. Uh, as an answer to the hadith? Um, 
to, as an answer for to the hadith of the ruling of Istinja, but this is not the chapter. No, no, no for, for the order, the, the deed, in, in relation to Muslims. So you're saying, you're, you're, you're saying that isn't, um, you're saying that because Sayyidina Ali had the issue, um, he was given the concession of not having to wash first but make wudu afterwards. But make wudu first and then wash afterwards? Yeah. There's no evidence for that. There's no evidence for that. There's no evidence to suggest that. And more importantly, even if it was, let's say it was a concession, mm-hmm. what would it do? What would it do? It would only strengthen our position. Agreed? Mm-hmm. If, we, if we said that because Sayyidina Ali had a problem with Madi, mm-hmm. and it happened so much, and therefore for him to keep going out to make his tinja each time before Salah would be too difficult, which is what you're trying to say, and therefore make wudu quickly and then make his tinja afterwards or whatever. If we were to say this is a concession for him, then this would only strengthen the position that you must make his tinja before, because we'd say he had the concession, which is the rewire of Muslim, which suggests it the other way around for him only. But that would require evidence. It would require evidence just for the statement, and even if we had the evidence and we give the evidence, the result is what? It just makes our position stronger. That, yeah, that, which is exactly yeah, the point. Yeah, which it just makes it stronger that, listen, you do have to keep uh, uh, order. No. And uh, I'm not sure that when Sayyidina uh, Ali has this problem for a work and Madi or Wadi was in Iraq, and he requested some of the Sahaba, no doubt in the Islam, as well something like that, and because of the relationship with the Rasulullah, then he can ask me things. And Correct. No, it is. It's not just the riwayah. It is clear from the language, as you said. There was a lot of what Sheikh Abdul Ghafar is talking about, and we will come to this. We will discuss this hadith in a lot more detail. Is that this was obviously very difficult for Sayyidina Ali to say this directly to the Prophet married to his daughter, etc., etc. And so this was actually conveyed third party. Which is why the use of the third party is used by the Prophet ﷺ. that he washes wa So that's just an, an indication of the hadith. Yeah. Online uh, question: I thought if uh, Majid Ibn Qudama agreed upon a masala, then that is the matter. So how come this is not the case? Good question. We'll have to look into that. We'll, we have to see what the what the Hanbali said. This, the, 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 whoever's asking the who's asking the question? Uh, Abu Asiya. Abu Asiya. Yeah. Abu Asir asks a very good question. He says that um, whenever Al-Majd ibn Taymiyyah, the grandfather, and Ibn Qudama agree on a point in fiqh, then this is considered to be the official madhab position. Um, yet we know that it isn't. We know that the other scholars, Al-Hijawi and uh, the, uh, uh, the um, earlier Hanabila didn't accept this position as the official madhab position, as neither did the contemporary scholars either, as neither I think the majority of the scholars. So it's a technical question. We'll need to find one of our <coughs> humbly experts to ask because I don't know the answer to that. Uh, another question: By doing istinja, you're touching your private parts, so does it not break the rule? So um, Sheikh Taymin actually mentioned. Sorry, Sheikh Muhammad Bukhtar Shantiti mentions that. And he said that um, uh, you could always get round that point. First of all, you know, washing the private parts um, is uh, 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 it means touching them, touching the private parts. As we're going to come to see, according to some, means breaking the wudu. You will see to others that it needs to have sexual desire. Other than that, it doesn't break the wudu, so it doesn't necessitate the breaking of the wudu, washing it. But regardless of that, 
a person could be using something, could be holding his past using a cloth or a glove or something like that. Mm-hmm. So that would point wouldn't wouldn't matter. Yeah. Correct. So I want I want to say a very important principle. The brother is saying is that hold on. There is there is another uh, ayah, the ayah of wudu, uh, which clearly in Surah Al-Maidah the wa 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 indicates as the ulama as we're going to cover uh, um, that the order is obligated. You can't wash your hands before you wash your ha- your face, etc., etc. Uh, because the woe indicates obligation. So what, what I want to say is that is, is like what I just mentioned. The woe is of different types, and identifying which woe is being used is indicated either by the text itself, or supporting and or supporting evidences. So the supporting evidences make it very very clear. So if the if the ayah mentions this woe 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 in this woe 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 woe. And we're thinking, is this order? Is it not? Is this order? Is it not? And then we see the Prophet and he never does anything except doing it in that order. That's a clear, practical application of the well, and it makes it clear to us this is tough to you. You know what I'm saying? And there's more evidences, but I'll come. But I'll come. Yeah. A uh, couple of uh, final questions on the online. Uh, does this mean every time uh, before doing wudu, we ought to try and do a sinjah beforehand, even though we didn't need to use the toilet beforehand? No. Okay. No, the question was: Is that does this mean that because it's obligatory that we need to make istinja all the time before wudu? Just yani if we're making it, no. Istinja has a purpose: it's to clean the private parts, clean the private parts from najis. If there's nothing that's happened, then no, it's not part of the wudu. Finally, can you please summarize the class position on this area? With respect to oh, the, 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 this particular masala, the uh, the. Uh, so the class, the, the, what is our what is our pos, uh, position on the um, uh, wudu? Yeah, you're talking about yeah. The class position is the madhab. The class position is the position of Shaykh Uthaymin. It's a position um, that a person has to make istinja or istijmar before wudu. That's the position. This is tartib. Okay, that's the class position. Yeah. questions. Um, first, I'm going back to the wiping three more times. Does the wiping imply washing as well? It's- both. No, no. Wiping does not necessitate the washing. So the washing can only be... The washing could be just one. Why? Because you could just be pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring. Do you know what I mean? So clearly the water doesn't fall into that category per se because the wiping... If I, maybe I misunderstood your question, but because wiping is obviously the stone. But wiping... but Or tissue or whatever. But wiping is also the fingers if you're using water. So the wiping is still the wiping. It's not referring to the pouring of water three times. Does that make sense? Yeah? Yeah. Allah Allah. And the same thing in terms of using the left hand to wash parts. Yes. Is it about the left hand per se? Or is it about using your non-dominant hand? So for left-handers, it's the same ruling So we discussed that, didn't we? We, 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 we touched upon that. What did we say? Who can remember what we said about that? It's like we have the right hand for eating. Yeah. Theoretically. Yeah. So what we did is that we went through all the evidences to show that the, yani, that the right hand is honoured and the left hand is basically dishonoured. Yes, but we this specific question, someone asked it. Someone asked it and said that what happens for someone who's left-handed? Isn't it? 
Problem is, I can't remember what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I completely forgot what I said as a result of it. I think I think what I remember what I said because I thought about it at that time, and um, and I said that the common sense would 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 mean, would mean that it would be the other you know the other way around or whatever. But um, I think that that when the left hand is dominant. A left hand is dominant. Is that not a Western concept? Because a dominant left hand means what? You write better and is stronger. What What does dominant mean? Define it. Which part of your brain is, is um, preferential for language? So, right-handed people, the left side of the brain is dominant. Okay, carry on. So, le- so if the left hand was dominant, sorry, a left-handed person, mm. what does a left-hand person do? More skill in the left hand. Yes. About what, 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 what is it then? I don't know. Okay, but I'm saying in consequence, because if you're, if we argued it's only about brain wiring, then of course the ruling wouldn't change. The left hand then still used for the dirty things, and then the right hand. But I, but it's not just brain wiring. If it was just brain wiring, you wouldn't be able to write better with your left hand, would you? Am I wrong there? If you're left-handed, can you write better with your right hand? Usually not. Right. So therefore, you have more skill because of that brain wiring on that left hand. Yes. Okay. So if I was going to use that argument, I would then I would then proceed that those skills are very limited. What are they? Stronger, maybe? I don't know. Is it stronger? Why would you give the left hand? Would there be any disadvantage to giving the right hand to shake hands? So you know, therefore, it wouldn't affect it. Um, food eating. Would this be weaker in picking something up? Um, so I so when I think of left hand when I when I think of left handed um, I think of skill and strength I think of writing because that's the only thing as a non non doctor or non whatever can think of left handed they write left handed and they play their shots left handed they've got their skill you know to so you know that's what I'm thinking that's a what thing you don't know what I'm doing there that's a flick man left leg flick you know four runs in it bro. Okay. Oh yeah, sah. Allah, you're right. Sorry, the wrong way around. The wrong way around. It wouldn't be like that. Sorry, it'd be like that. So what the hell is the left hand doing then, uh, Bob? Yeah, I'm saying. So how's the left hand? How's the left hand flicking that then? If I, huh? It's more pulling. No, I'm not right. Yeah, that's for right-handed batsman. He was right. You see, that's the difference between the cricketers and the non-cricketer, bro. You see, if I'm flicking like this, that means I'm playing right, isn't it? So if you're flicking. Then the skill is still on the right hand side, the flicking. The more grip, more power, isn't it? It's a power issue. That's how I associate with power. So, anyway, my answer is I think that you should stick to left for cleaning and, yeah, uh, and Allah knows best. And that's why I said last time as well that I don't know, but this is my, my, my guess. Yeah. Just to add to that, when I was at university, there was a Malaysian student who was left handed, but from his childhood, his dad forced him to write with right hand. Okay. And was it better, as good? He actually wrote. Both are the same. Perfect. Extra, extra. Right. And he managed to get the right hand just as good as the left. Hmm, interesting. Miskeen. Miskeen. Allah, Malaysians, Allah, amazing. If he was a pack, he'd probably be, get beats as well, you know? Yeah. Um, I think someone obviously confused a little bit, so just so you can 
clarify this. Yep. If you already have wudu and then sima comes out, you don't have to do istinja. You see, this or is why I didn't want to open. I didn't want to open the whole yani, you know, wudu and istinja. And this is why I said, don't ask questions outside the subject. You are now talking about what necessitates ablution, what necessitates uh, thingy. If you have semen come out, yani, you need to go make ghusl. We're not going to... Uh, 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 don't take statements, single statements from here, this class, because this is not the section. Not the section. Right, let's start then this chapter, belatedly, but it's good. We say a fond farewell. Adios, au revoir. To the fiqh of toilets what an experience it was well I'm not going to lie last night I was fondly watching the video which was on Istinja that was on YouTube I had a good couple of laughs at my own self I like laughing at myself you know that I have no problem with that I think that I, I, I honestly my advice to you all laugh a bit more at yourselves become a, less, a bit less serious it'll go a long way I laugh at myself all the time alright let's read the whole way through what do you think to give you some context, yep. So chapter, uh, so the chapter, I mean, it's only four pages. Yeah, five pages. Four, five. Yeah. Okay. Babu siwag wasunanil wudu. The chapter of the two stick and the sunan or and the sunan of ablution. We will read. Um, you know what? Let's read the Arabic all the way through, and then we'll read the Arabic and English page by page. Okay. For uh, let's start. التسوق بعود لين منق غير مضر لا يتفتت لا بأسبعه وخرقة مسنون كل وقت لغير صائم بعد الزوال متأكد next page عند الصلاة وانتباه وتغير فم وَيَسْتَاكُ عَرْضًا مُبْتَدِئًا بِجَانِبِ فَمِهِ الْأَيْمَنْ وَيَدَّهِنُ غِبَّا وَيَكْتَحِلُ وِتْرًا وَتَجِبُ وَتَجِبُ Next page التَّسْمِيَةُ فِي الْوَضُوءِ مَعَ الذِّكْرِ وَيَجِبُ الْخِتَانُ مَا لَمْ يَخَفْ عَلَى نَفْسِهِ وَيُقْرَهُ الْقَزَعِ وَمِنْ سُنَنِ الْوَضُوءِ السواك وغسل الكفين ثلاثة ويجب من نوم ليل ناقد لوضوء والبداءة بمضمضة ثم استنشاق والمبالغة فيهما لغير صائم وتخليل وتخليل اللحية الكثيفة والأصابع والتيامن وأخذ ماء جديد للأذنين ولغسلة الثانية والثالثة. Okay, so what did the Sheikh say? Page one. He said, "التسوق بعود لين منقن غير مضر لا يتفتت لا بأسبوعه وخرقة مسنون كل وقت لغير صائم بعد الزوال." Brushing the teeth using a soft twig, which cleans the mouth, which does no damage, and does not splinter. Is a sunnah at all times, other than after the sun's zenith for someone who is fasting. This sunnah is not achieved by using the fingers or a polishing cloth. Uh, uh, likewise, then turning the page over, 
Likewise, this uh, sunnah action, okay, متأكدون عند صلاة وانتباه وتغير فم ويستاق عرضا مبتدئا بجانب فمه الأيمن ويدهن وغبا ويبتحل وترا. This sunnah continued. It is more emphasized before prayer, when waking, and when the mouth has changed. One brushes lengthwise, starting from the right side of the mouth. It is recommended to use oil every other day and to use kuhl an odd number of times. And then the next page. It is obligatory to say Bismillah when making ablution if one remembers. Circumcision is obligatory as long as he does not fear for himself. It is disliked to shave part of the head and leave part. The sunan of ablution include using a tooth stick, washing the hands three times, although it is obligatory, as opposed to sunnah, after rising from a nocturnal sleep which invalidates the ablution. Last page. Likewise, the rest of the sunan is by but includes beginning by rinsing the mouth and then rinsing the nose, exaggerating in both of that, both of them, except whilst fasting. Running one's fingers through the beard, running one's fingers through the other set of fingers, and in brackets, and toes, beginning with the right side, using new water for the ears, and washing a second and third time. So that's the entire text. As you can see, uh, it is very uh, sharply translated. It's very, yani, you know... Uh, um, Conservative in its, uh, 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 there could be lots of words added, but it's meant to be sticking to the text. What's meant to explain it is going to come here. I think we can get a, quite, a, quite a bit done, so let's just uh, jump into this, alright? So page 144, So what does Sheikh mean, start off straight away? He says, As-siwak, the word siwak is a fi'al, min saka yasuku. أو من تسوق يتسوق فهو على الثاني اسم مصدر يطلق على الآلة التي التي هي العود فيقال هذا سواق من من أراك. He goes that the word سواق is referring to the the process of the the um, the uh, uh, brushing of the teeth, but the word سواق is actually the thing itself as opposed to the process. But it's one of those words where the thing itself is the process. Like vacuum, like hoover, yeah, hoover, right? Hoover is the hoover, and the hoover is do the hoover, yeah? So, siwak is like that. So, siwak is actually the stick itself, and when you say do siwak, then it is the uh, uh, the action itself. And the word miswak isn't like normally used, it must be said. Miswak is probably more a pack word, more a common word, which Arabic is in Arabic. But um, the, the Prophet ﷺ, I don't know... If miswak, I don't know if miswak has ever been used in the Sunnah. In fact, he says, "Kama yuqal miswak wa yutlaq al fi'l wa yuqal al siwak sunnatun." Ay, at tasawuk aladhi huwa al fi'l. So when we say siwak is Sunnah, we mean using the miswak to clean the teeth. That's what we mean when we say this. When we say siwak, 
is sunnah. And don't say siwak with qaf, is kaf. Yes, siwak. When we say siwak, then we're talking about using the miswak, okay? And we're, we're cleaning our teeth. And you can call that thing the miswak and you call it the siwak. What does it come from? What actually is the siwak? It comes from the arak tree. The arak tree. Arak. A-R-A-A-K. Tree. That tree in English is called Salvadora Persica. S-A-L-V-A-D-O-R-A. Salvadora Persica. P-E-R-S-I-C-A. So this is the actual thing, the siwak. Now, um, I want to I wanna, um, say that uh, the chapter about the siwak was Sunan al-Wudu. You might say, Sheikh saying, you might say, well, what on earth is siwak doing here anyway? Uh, we're just, just finished this sinja, and now we're jumping into wudu. And into wudu, the siwak has been mentioned. So why, why is that? And he goes that many of the scholars, they just chucked this uh, chapter in here in their books of fiqh. They named it different things. So some of them said, Babu Siwak was Sunan al-Fitra. So this is normally the time, this is normally the opportunity for people to talk about the various Sunnah that are applied to the body. So with respect to, for example, washing, cleaning, uh, uh, pubic hair, shaving, uh, all of the various trimming the moustache and so on this is normally the place and time where this is studied so some of the scholars used to call it like that okay and we might look at that I need to have a think about that whether I want to int- introduce it here or wait for another opportunity because it doesn't have its own section per se proper so this is what some people used to do but the main thing is and, and, and why would the, the, the siwak be considered some sunan al-fitra fitra by the way is your innate nature the things that people should do so when we're talking about trim the moustache, it's because, because for the moustache to grow over your mouth would be disgusting and unnatural. When we say to trim the pubic hair, then we know that's disgusting and whatever, and that should be cleaned and kept clean and so on and so forth. So, so the siwak enters into Sunan al-Fitrah because from the clean, pure nature of a Muslim or a human being is to keep these aspects clean and to keep the mouth clean, which is always becoming dirty. This would be a common sense thing to add here. Also, also um, the reason that it has been put uh, uh, um, so why is the sunan of wudu mentioned before the arkan and wajibat this is a much much better question okay um, and this is because the reason is is that the uh, uh, siwak is something which is done early on in the wudu and it itself is a sunnah and because the siwak is not necessarily linked to the prayer only, actually the siwak is used all the time, therefore they thought they'd mention it here. So there's no real rational reason why they, they put this uh, mention of siwak here, but there's some understandable reasons, and we'll just uh, proceed with that. So let's jump into the, his statement at the Saud bi Odin. So the, the, um, he's saying that these are all sunnah actions. To what? To use an ud. Now the word ud, okay, refers to um, a branch or a twig, okay, and it can be any form of wood that comes from a tree. Any form of wood, okay. So, for example, he says, Every single species of wood can enter. So, whether that's from jadid al-nakhl or min aqsan al-anab or whatever. So that that could mean, you know, uh, the 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 a palm tree. It has those big palm leaves. And when you strip the palm leaf, then the veins 
that is creating the palm leaf is as thick and strong as a twig might be. I don't even know if that's called a twig. Is that called a twig? It's a stem, isn't it? It's a stem, exactly. When I think of that, it's like a stem. Even though it's branching off a branch of a twig. Yeah? Is that right? You have a tree, you have a branch, you have twigs. On the twigs are the leaves. And the stems are feeding the leaves. No? No? The stem. So what? So 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 what? What, what is? What, what, what have I just described then? Fibers. Yeah. Stem. But anyway, the point, and, and he even mentions any grapevine, and I'm guessing that some grapevines can become very very thick. They've got to be wooden or solid in nature. It can't be something like a leaf. So whatever it actually is, the point is whether it's a branch or a twig or a stem or a root or X, all of these are possible, but it's got to have that kind of miswag feature that you all know. It's got to be solid, got to be strong, got to be, you know, be able to handle it in your, in your hand and in your mouth. Is that clear, everybody? So you can have, it can be any of these uh, 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 parts. Um, and when the Sheikh, uh, when uh, Imam al-Hajawi, he says Ud, okay, then what does that mean? That means that according to the Hanbali Madhab, then using anything other than the Siwak, okay, will not achieve, it will not achieve the concept of Siwak, of cleaning or Siwak. So what are the other options? To use a cloth, okay, a polishing cloth, or to use the fingers, packed up, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's the only, it's going to be according to the uh, Madhab. It's not sunnah. This is not sunnah. It's not that it's not permissible, but you would not have achieved the sunnah action. You might have done something nice and good. That's fine. But have you done the sunnah of siwak and be rewarded for doing siwak in of itself? That's not been established. Okay. The next statement, he says, layin. All right. In Arabic, which means soft. So anything which is hard is out. So a hard miswak, which is like a rock. Yeah. And you like those ones in pack. Yeah. And the one they beat you with. Yeah. The big ones. My dad's got, my dad's got siwak so big. You get scared. You know, uses like tree trunks. And you know what it is? I don't know why. Because it ain't cleaning jack squat teeth. I think it's just an excuse to beat us with it, you know? So, so any dry branch is not going to be acceptable. And, um, um, and also, you know, obviously, what he says here, something which will please all the dentists. He goes that this obviously, the dry one is going to cause so much problem. It's going to wrap all of the tabaqa alati ala adam al He's going to take off all the enamel. Yani of the uh, the teeth if you're using a dry one, so that's probably true. Actually, caused more recession. I think it was a study done. In, uh, you know, people using swag it was more gingival recession associated. But <laughs> <laughs> like, why are you laughing at that for? He's got his one opportunity in his life, yani, to show him to show his lines, his moves. We got to his section, miskin. We will never talk about anything to do with teeth ever again. And so we come to the opportunity to talk about teeth, and everyone starts laughing. Gasper, what's that? Yeah, let me give Shazada some help here, right? Shazada, do you want me to promote the Siwak or not? Oh, okay. Let's do some promotion of Siwak. First of all, they did a number of studies, and in fact, according to United Nations World's Study 2003, like I 
uh, you can see I've been doing my Wikipedia reading. Um, apparently, the um, there's clearly some kind of antiseptic or disinfectant quality to the uh, fluid or whatever that's found in the Arak tree, that Salvador Salvadora persica tree. The actual Siwak branch itself has something which is very similar to those that study pharmacy uh, to triclosan and to chlorhexidine gluconate, which is um, obviously used as an antiseptic and it's actually used as a mouthwash. You know, uh, what, what's that? What's chlorhexidine gluconate? Corsidil. Corsidil. So, you know, you go to the Corsidil mouthwash, you buy it. That actually, you buy that, that Siwak uh, twig itself has a substance which is very similar to that, has antibacterial properties and so on and so forth. Um, uh, so that's doing the extra part. So the Prophet ﷺ, there are so many hadith actually on this, where his Laisalam was keeping on encouraging and re- recommending. And he was always doing it himself and warning the people that it's something that, you know, if he really wanted to, he could have made obligatory upon the people because how important it is. Clearly, it's more than just the process of brushing. Obviously, the nature of it being soft and brushy is cleaning the teeth anyway, but for it to have almost this disinfectant quality, it's almost like saying having a mouthwash before your uh, prayer. Now, if you were to go around and say that, you know, keep a, 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 a spray mouth brush and a thingamajig, yeah, um, and, and before every prayer, that would be quite an undertaking, isn't it? But if that's the kind of uh, uh, ethos that we're pushing, that's effectively what the Suwak stick is bringing. To the, to the show for every prayer every time you wake up fresh in the mouth so it's a very important part obviously we know that's me you know stinky mouths are unacceptable man and you know what it is that's bad it's difficult to talk to people and to tell a person yani, that your breath stinks it's like the worst thing we need some ideas well, like, that's the homework for next week by the way okay homework for next week even though next week's logical progression is going to be kick off right in that Instead of the lesson, we're going to have the live home tour. Make sure you tell all your people, let's practice, mash it up. In fact, I don't think that's going to be a problem. I think the problem is going to be where we're going to put all these people. That's the real problem. By the way, I just want to say, I am organizing the kickoff surprise for next Wednesday. You all know about who's here. You all know the Sheikh Muhammad, the Sharif, Nabi Aziz, and uh, Kamal Maki, and Buna, and everyone's here. That's, that's fine. But what we're, what we're on the case, we're nearly there. Nearly there is what we're going to bring to the game. Believe me, it's a game changer. It's a game changer. Believe me. Okay. All right. It's a game changer. Anyway, so your, 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 your thing next week is to come up with, you know, we should have logical progression, social homework. We should have, Yanni, how to put fiqh into practice. I think that the homework for this week has got to be how can we encourage and how can we speak to people who got bad breath? No, it's rubbish. Yeah, whatever. As if you could say that. Well, huh? Sheikh Walid's funny, man. Sheikh Walid's obsessed with smiling and teeth, you know that? Sheikh Walid, he goes, smile more before you lose your teeth. And I had a response to that. Anyway, forget that. So anyway, um, so it is actually medically, for those people who really like their medical can, things. Can you just confirm the time and things? You might as well seven o'clock, folks, okay? Next week is seven o'clock, which is like, like confusing everything because the lesson's eight o'clock from now on, yeah? But next week is seven o'clock because we're going to pray Asr and then we're going to kick it off, all right? 
Us is at seven, yes. Us is at seven, and then there's going to be this big program next week, inshallah. Then, of course, we have Ilm Fest. Uh, if you haven't bought your tickets for Ilm Fest, you know, I reckon it's going to sell out. So, you're going to be you've been warned. Both Scotland, for those people who are in Scotland as well, those who are listening, or those who are in the north, you can visit Scotland on next Saturday, not this Saturday, Saturday after. And then, of course, Manchester at Sheridan Suite. Um, I've got another surprise about that as well. Guess me, and it got confirmed last night. Me and the big O. You know who the big O is? The big, the, the big AE and the big O. We are teaming up for one next level mission. Big Omar Suleiman. Me and him are teaming up for something which is going to be the funniest thing in history. Anyway, so that's happening at Elmfest, inshallah. Surprise, surprise. Honestly, you distract me all the time, you lot, honestly. Won't let me to concentrate on the class or focus or anything. Uh, is it time? No, no, no. I just want to quickly read a few things. People in London already left. Uh, London, gone, yeah? Yeah, the problem is, is that we've still got quite a bit of time left until Maghrib. That's the problem. Okay, let me just mention a few more words, okay? So, layin is that it can't, it has to be soft, okay? Because if it's hard, then it's not doing anything, not cleaning, it's harming. Munqin, it has to actually clean. So, you know, you get some of these uh, uh, miswak which the uh, bristles are like literally one meter, one millimeter high. Have you seen them? No. Nope. Complete pointless, Yanni. There has to have some kind of bristles. At the same time, it can't be the bristles that look like a woman's hair, Yanni, which is like that long. You're just like, it's like flossing that, isn't it, really? It's not cleaning squat, right? So they have to have a good size uh, thingy, which is like, you know, like a <laughs> centimeter or so, I don't know. Shaz, go on, show your style, Yanni. What's the optimum length of a bristle? No idea. That's the problem, Shaz. When it comes to proper fiqh, yani, you got nothing. And when it comes to gingival rates, blah, blah, bakwas, yani, it's just full of it. Right. So, um, it has to be one centimeter or something like that. And also, uh, for it to clean, this is very interesting, a lot of siwak themselves, and especially people, they put it underneath the water and they make it too soft. Too much water, sorry. If it has too much water, then it just sloshes about. It doesn't also clean. So there's got to be some firmness in there as well. So this is what Sheikh mentions uh, uh, that. It can't be harmful. Now, what do you mean by harmful? Harmful here could mean physically harmful. And also he says that some trees and those are made from rayhan, meaning basil, and from aromatic plants. They could have some kind of compounds and so on, which could also cause kind of harm. And he says something here, Wallah, which I don't understand. And I never heard from my Mashaykh either. So I'm just going to quote him verbatim and then leave you to work it out. He says, he goes, everything that has a good smell. This is what he said. I don't know if this is true. He goes, part and parcel of the statement, not something which is harmful, is to use something like basil. Now, basil, you know, has a very nice aromatic smell, very beautiful. He goes, you shouldn't be using anything which smells nice. Because anything which smells nice transfers the smelling nice to the mouth, which then turns into a bad smell. Is that true? No. Is that even right? Is that a fact, Yanni? I don't know, man, but that's his statement. That's his statement. He goes, anything which smells nice per se 
it will necessitate it changing into a bad... It doesn't say necessity. It goes, it will turn into a bad smell. So I don't know about that. I don't think you should read too much into that. Allah Alam. Stick to the, the obvious about being pay, uh, harmful. And then he goes that which is not... Layatafattat. mean doesn't splinter. Because if it splinters, you're swallowing it and your mouth is becoming full of it and all the rest of it. Um, the next part is probably a nice discussion. So I think I'm going to leave it there because we could get into some deep discussion of the issue of fingers and so on and so forth. So Jazakumullah khair. Right, let's have a little chit chat. Q&A? Just one question. Wouldn't that render most toothpaste then a hazard for bad breath when it runs to what you said? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's a good point, isn't it? He got, the question from online says that if this was a theory that bad things, uh, 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 products or a, a tooth, which uh, a brush which smells nice, is not good because it's going to smell bad afterwards would then render most toothpaste pointless but maybe the toothpaste doesn't smell nice it smells clean because of the cleaning products in it no I don't know I don't know what's happening there to be honest well I'm, uh, that part confused me so I don't know I agree I think that maybe it's just either I've misunderstood it if someone understood that better but we never heard that from our ulama you know, you know what it is maybe they're saying that you know like things like basil and things like that you know you just like garlic or something yeah. it goes in the mouth and creates smell and it's maybe not the most desirable smell no no Rayhan Rayhan is beautiful smell basil come on Mr. Perfumes yara. this guy honest to God man Ud. Exactly, Tom Ford Oud. This is what Chaz uses, by the way. He doesn't use your standard aqua de geos and isimiyakis that we dream about and we get hold of a bottle. You know, I love perfume, I love me, I do. But our dreams are achieved at 40, 50 quid when we get all that isimiyaki. Shazada, he's up the game. There you go for the small 15, 20 mil Tom Ford exclusive couple of hundred quid behavior. Top notes of basil. And sandalwood with a hint of lemon and thyme. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can't believe you just said that, Shaz. You love Basil Yara. You just didn't know it. <laughs> Why do you put Shazada up for this? I don't understand, man. You just, it's just like, you know. Come on, yalla. Anything to discuss? Can we have some fun and jokes now before the elders kick off? You know, he's on there. Yeah. It's Siwak. Siwak. No, what, what's miswak? So miswak, miswak is the actual uh, thing, is, is a name which is given to the thing which does the process of siwak. Ismul ala as they call it. So uh, this is one of those words. This chapter actually is very interesting from a grammatical point of view because starting with siwak and then coming next week to the word fingers, these are words which grammatically have a lot of space. They don't fit the normal rules. So siwak is the process. Siwak is the thing which does it as well. It doesn't make like hoover as I said. Yeah. But miswak is a name which shouldn't make sense either, but it's been given to the actual siwak as well. So the siwak, siwak, and miswak. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. In fact, in fact, what's very interesting is exactly that point that you're saying that there is so much evidence for the Prophet for it to be a hood, for it to be a twig. Because he could have, because actually, uh, this is a really interesting point here. Think about this, folks. We're actually doing next lessons, next week's lesson now. Well, not next week's, weeks after. Um, uh, in why is it that fingers and this and that 
are not considered by some to get the job done. Why? Because some of the scholars said that how many times has the Prophet ﷺ talked about al-istinshaq and madmada and this, that. It's not like he never said rinse the mouth or spit out or clean the mouth. Many times that's happened. So, but here he specifies the siwak all the time, every time, by name, every time. So clearly his intention was the actual siwak tree itself. This is what, what why the scholars uh, were so focused on siwak. So, um, can the toothbrush uh, substitute the siwak? That's next week, or week after. Um, one of the brothers comments that the, the difference between a stem and a twig is that a stem is a previous, previous year's growth and a twig is a current year's growth. Okay. All right, good. That's the, I mean, you know, stem is previous year's growth and the twig is current year's growth, which is fine. Does it mean that the stem can't be hard or can't be used? It doesn't matter. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the key point. So, yeah. You know the word Urdu? Yeah. It's actually on the apprentice master. Really, huh? Well, a Pakistani guy made a mistake. Huh. He thought Urdu was to buy perfume. Oh, yeah. But the Egyptian Urdu turned out to be a wooden instrument. What, what's going on there? What's... I, 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 will, I, will, I will discuss that with you in, in the next lesson. As I said, this, this chapter has a number of interesting language points and grammar and, and, and funny points and issues and confusions. So we are actually finished, by the way, folks. But the reason we're hanging around is because Maghrib is coming in for us in about 5-10 minutes or something like that. What time? 5 minutes, 2 minutes. 34. 34. So there's still quite a good uh, five, seven, eight minutes left. So we're going to hang around. We will be back on with Sheikh Abdul Ghaffar as well on the Qira'ah for those who want to watch it. And those who want to go, you can get off. And But I think that, you know, Maghrib being Maghrib, those who are here should stay. And those who are online, good luck to you. Anything else we can chat about? We're going to black screen and we'll be back on for Salah. Okay, so we're going to black screen and then we'll come back for Salah. Any announcements or anything other than that? Uh, at the um, uh, thingy here N- None now Okay So um, uh, Just announcements uh, That uh, For those who have not been able to get hold of the Elm Fest tickets yet Here in Manchester <coughs> Next week for that public event On Wednesday There will be tickets available for the Elm Fest on the weekend Remember it's more expensive on the door That's if there are any places left on the door So remember that So again A reminder to everyone That next week is a public session and you have all these guys coming down. And as I said, if it goes through, Salatul Maghrib is going to rock your socks off. And the hour before Maghrib is also going to rock your socks off. If it works out. For everyone. How are we going to do that? Alright, okay. So for those who are online, you can uh, the login will be disabled uh, uh, on purpose so that people can uh, view in from... Uh, you can Everyone who's online can tell all your friends and all your people that they don't need to log in. Just go to the URL and it will be free viewing for all the people on the Ilm Talk next week, inshallah. Okay, on Wednesday, 7 o'clock. Alright. Jazakumullahu khairah wa salam alaykum wa rahmatullahu 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 wa rahmatullahu